0: Welcome back, everybody, swinging down for the Offside Hockey Talk. And today, well, we're a little excited because the Toronto Maple Leafs pick up another victory over the Montreal Canadiens. We'll get to that a little later. I want to throw this stuff out to you guys right here, right now. You look at the Edmonton Oilers situation. I want to get the temperature of the room. How does everybody feel about Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers going forward?
1: Oh, boy. Who wants to kick this one off? Because that's that's a heavy one. I guess... I got a lot to say on this, but I'll just start with, uh, I mean, I don't feel bad for the Oilers because they do have the firepower to get at least past the first round. They just weren't able to do it. And I see people online kind of pointing at, Oh, you know, McDavid, McDavid, this McDavid, that it's not just him on the team, but also he had 104 points in the regular season this year. And what was it? They played 56 games. Mm -hmm. Uh, at what point do we start questioning? Is he a playoff player? because he's made it past the first round once. I wasn't overly impressed with his playoffs last year, or if you can even call it that, and then his playoffs this year. Um, I don't know. I just get a bad vibe from him whenever I see them down and out and losing. Like, his body language isn't the best. His post-game press conferences kind of... I just get a negative vibe off of him, and I'm starting to wonder if he is leadership material. Like, maybe I'm overreacting to that one, but stuff like that does trickle down in the locker room and I was one I'm wondering if that kind of got to the team um what also probably didn't help was they lost four games in a heartbreaking fashion pretty much like three of them went to overtime the other one was 4-1 but it was pretty much a one goal game because two of them were empty nets I never thought I'd say that in my life I still count empty net goals as goals you could give up a goal but you know um it was just kind of a negative series for the Oilers but is McDavid to blame? Who knows? Could he have been a better leader? Yeah, for sure.
0: I look at the McDavid situation. Just jump in right quick. Uh, Like the Jack Eichel situation. We look at Jack Eichel. He's a great hockey player. And again, I've said this to you guys about Jack Eichel. I don't think he's built to be the guy. Connor McDavid is built to be the guy, but sometimes, and you guys can all attest to this losing creates a toxic atmosphere. And if you can't get yourself out of that losing it only gets worse. Look at guys who go through Buffalo and some guys who've gone through Edmonton, Chris Pronger, for example. You know, when you have no success or even success, but it's so toxic there, there's no way to get away from it. There's no way to fix it, to make it better. And you look at Connor McDavid, it's been years of not having players to complete the lineup. They have guys, you're right, Josh, now to get them a little further, but it's still the same thing. They're still losing. Losing sucks. And if you're competitive, you're pissed off about it. Same thing with Jack Eichel. You look at Buffalo. They haven't won. They haven't gone to the playoffs. They haven't done anything. Of course, he's going to be pissed off. Would you be happy? I'd be freaking livid. Absolutely livid. But you have to be the leader on your team and you have to carry it the way that you're supposed to and not allow other people to see that it's affecting you. Because like you said, Josh, it does trickle into the locker room. But at the end of it, you're allowed to have the uh, end of the year press conference, JT Miller style and sound the hell off because you want changes and you want things to be better and if you are the best player in a generation like Connor mcdavid is then you have the right to say a few things to hope change comes but that's just my two cents on mcdavid Is it
1: just me or do their press conferences sound the same every year we'll be better next year we've got pieces coming in i don't know i just okay, is
2: cheap i yeah. kind of agree with you josh well i do actually think that uh Connor mcdavid's a great hockey player he's a terrible leader yeah um uh, He shows his frustrations. He doesn't, you know, motivate his team. He could do a lot more. Um, I think I do. I stand firm that he has an attitude problem and I get it. He's a great player and the expectations are there and he's under so much pressure and it's probably hard to play with him because of that expectation. We don't necessarily know what goes on on the ice during practice or in the locker room, but from what I see and from my experience, just observing everything, if Connor McDavid wants to find success, he needs to become a better leader, or they need to give someone else that 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 title so he can just focus on the game. I mean, at the end of the day, they should be doing a lot better than they are.
3: They had,
1: they had a really good regular season. That's the thing. Like, who, So did he.
2: But,
3: yeah, I mean, be, come playoff,
2: you just...
1: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. Who had Jets in four?
0: Nobody have Jets yeah. before. Maybe Rod Pearson, but that's about it. But
3: well, David David Bastl might have had him in six, but you know that's, that's
2: been five.
0: If that matters, Close. Listen, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I the Edmonton Oilers, and I say this: the game is different in the playoffs, guys. You can't win with two players, and I don't care. We went over the scoring before the uh, the playoffs started, when we were doing the uh, the preview show a couple weeks ago, and we talked about the Edmonton Oilers, and we went through the run of who they have for players and scoring, and it went. Connor McDavid, Leon title, Then it was defensemen that were leading the scoring after that. Show me on any other team that goes deep in the playoffs that their defenders are the next best scorers. And then it was a steep decline after that. TSD pooley at 34 points. I think yeah. it was at three points. So, I mean, you look at those things and you say, that team is not built except for those two guys up top. And if well, it's not running those guys, and you know in the playoffs, Josh, these guys get clutched and grabbed. Look at the Montreal-Toronto series. Guys getting thrown left, right, and center. No arms are going up. And if you're Edmonton, you're built off that power play with those two players and Tyson Barry. So if you're not getting the power plays and you're not scoring on them because the game is so much different and you're allowed to do so many more things and you're not allowed to do in the regular season and ask to anybody who says that the playoffs aren't different and they're not called differently because they bloody well are. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everyone
1: keeps saying the Oilers only had two players playing in this the, these playoffs. I would go and argue that that was Connor McDavid and Darnell Nurse. I, mm-hmm. I didn't notice Leon Drysail, Darnell Nurse. Well, was so their you're second. saying a defenseman, no? You're not even saying another forward, like, right? Exactly. Like I, I don't know. I was. I'd love to hear what Jamie has to say. He's been quiet. I feel like it's going to be a banger.
3: <laughs> um. Well, I saw firsthand last year. You had the Blackhawks. They couldn't even beat the Blackhawks. With it, what are they now? Two and eleven. In the last number of years with Connor, today people are praising Tibbet, he, even though he's one and eight in in uh, his uh, playoff tender with the Oilers. You can't knock Kenny Holland, right? He's he's upstairs doing it the best he can. He he needs a lot more depth, but you go down the line. Yeah, but Bobby, at the trade line, at the trade deadline, who would they get Alex Chase on? Yeah, but we could also Yeah, So back to the Kenny Holland. He, he was with Scotty Bowman. He was in the Red Wing organization. And there's, there's been conversations over the last number of months. The trade deadline didn't really give you a lot of options on the back end because of the expansion draft. And if you wanted defense or if you wanted a Pacific player, Chevel off had the same problem with the Jets. If you, get out, if you go out and you get depth defensemen like Toronto has right now, you might lose a guy that you actually want to keep uh, during the expansion draft. So if you have too many defensemen to expose, then, you're, uh, then you've are then you got chance, your chances are losing that guy at the expansion draft. So that had a factor. I don't know if that was the main factor of why Kenny Holland didn't get help for De- Darnell Nurse. I know Tyson Berry played a lot better with the Oilers than he did with the Maple Leafs. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of praise today for Tibbet. I know his record is not is – not, uh, a good looking record, but you got Kenny Holland up there. And um, the biggest thing, you know, Wayne Gretzky steps down. I know he goes to Turner sports. So maybe a bigger, a bigger paycheck for him, but he's, he's left the Oilers five or six years ago. When did McDavid get drafted? 2016. At that time, Wayne Gretzky's Oh yeah, five years. They're going to win the Stanley cup. But when Gretzky lost to the Islanders back in the seventies, they had to get to the very final round to see the Islanders start winning and saying, oh, wow, turn to Messier. I know they had Messier and Coffee. I know it was a different time. And they said, hey, Coff, this is how you lose. This is how you play. This is how you play against the Islanders. And Dale Harachuk said the exact same thing because back in the 80s, that's the team, the Oilers, the Islanders, and the Jets, all couldn't beat each other because they had – Stanley Cup contending teams. I don't know. Like, I hit Jen hit the nail on the head. You look at Tave Bergeron, Obi, he could be kind of like all over the place, but he had so much depth in that playoff series when the the Capitals won. Obi's a little, it was a little different because he had more uh, players to play with. But, you know, Jonathan Tave, Sydney Crosby, he's a true leader. And I I know Jen can um, echo that following Pittsburgh and, and where McDavid and Crosby are in the same um, conversation every day. um, McDavid's probably not the best leader to lead the Oilers moving forward and maybe bring in like, I don't know, Bergeron or bring in someone that um, can help McDavid because really, if you look at McDavid trying to lead this team, by example, that's not really, that's in my opinion, not going to happen because he's not a Taves, he's not a Bergeron. You know, Matthews is actually leading his team, two-way player, right? I have heard great – even though we like talking about Leafs and we love our Toronto Maple Leafs, Matthews is is leading <laughs> above and beyond than what McDavid's doing. So I'm glad Jen mentioned that because um, moving forward, McDavid is just not a guy that um, you can possibly lean on to uh, lead the team. And it just hasn't been proven. Two years, you can't even beat the Blackhawks. That got yeah, in
0: the skin of the teeth. Point. You're mentioning all these teams and, you know, great leaders like uh, Taves and Crosby and Bergeron. And then we look at McDavid and we say, hmm, you know, not a good leader. What did all those players that we just mentioned, all the same kind of ilk, great leaders, you know, will run their team, guys respect them. What do they have coming in the league? They had veteran presence on that team that yeah. was and still with leadership. What did the Edmonton Oilers have in place for Connor McDavid? What was there to help him come along as a leader? What was in that locker room? You can say Wayne Gretzky. You can say all the 1980 Oilers that are in the stands. But you need a guy in that locker room, and you need a guy on the ice to lead him. You look at Matthews. You just talked about him. Who have the Leafs brought in or had around him? You had a tough guy like Matt Martin bring him along. You brought in Patty Marlowe. They had Mike Babcock. Yeah, well, you had these – but even not even Mike Babcock. I'm mean, talking about guys that you can lean on yeah. that have been through the league, right? Connor McDavid really hasn't had that. I know you're supposed to be a superstar player, but we all say it. The NHL is a different beast. And you look at all those players we talked about: Bergeron, talk, about Crosby, Taves. <laughs> doesn't matter. They all had someone to lean on when they came into the league to kind of learn the leadership role at the NHL level, which is a different beast. McDavid did not have that. And i'm not trying to defend mcdavid i'm not sitting here saying that he's this that or the other stuff he does have an attitude problem because you need to lead by example and he led like my eight-year-old the other night smashing his stick and crying you know and freaking out at his teammates you don't do that but he didn't have that structure that all those other great players you mentioned had and that is one you can teach so much about being a leader but that's kind of a quality that you already
2: have and i know you speak about this nhl level but people lead all the time in their daily lives they lead by holding the door open for people and it's just a small example but what i'm saying is you can only you can only teach someone so much about being a good person about being able to lift other people up and motivate them um and i mean you've got to have that will within yourself to want to be better and i think the problem with mcdavid is is he's just geared on on, on making, you know, points and being the sensation that we all thought and expected him to be. That being said, he should really step back and evaluate everything and say, you know what? Maybe I would could benefit from a leadership program in the off season. Maybe I can go and talk to Sidney Crosby, Patrice Bergeron, you know, any other captain that's been good for their team, and say, listen, like, what's what's what? What would you advise me to do? I mean. They all play together on Team Canada. I'm sure they can help each other out a little bit in the offseason. I know Sidney trains with Marchand and and Nate. So what's what's preventing McDavid from, you know, branching out a little bit, opening up his game? At the end of the day, it comes down to what he wants and what he's focused on. So influence being there or not there, it's still a decision when he shows up to the rink every day, whether he's going to focus on himself or focus on the team as a whole. That's, that's a true leader. And you don't, you kind of like born with it. It can be developed, but I mean, if you don't have it naturally, it's going to be hard to, it's going to be a hard to, to, to develop, especially at, you know, when you're an adult, it's harder to like take in new traits unless you really, really want it. So my advice to him would go and maybe take a leadership workshop. It sounds lame, but you know what? Everything is good. And everything if you work to make yourself better guess what you become better it's
1: uh that was really well put and like if we just look back when you said that he's he's not leadership material was he the captain of the erie otters when he was on them he yeah, was i
2: believe so yeah, yeah.
1: So do we all remember that clip when they they lost and it was either the first or the second round, he comes off the ice, all his team, they're all stone-faced going to the locker room. You know, he just, scree- I think he was like 16 or 17, he just goes fuck and slams the door and he's acting like a baby. Like, actually, this wouldn't be the first time we've seen this from McDavid. Like so uh, maybe you just need to take a look and it, it's, there's going to be, I don't know, I don't know if you can strip him of the captaincy and give it to somebody else, that would be probably the funniest day in Edmonton Oilers history just to see the backlash because it has no effect on anybody's personal life, but people would take it to heart, but we'll, we'll kind of see what they do here. Um, Yeah. McDavid's kind of got to look, I think he's got to look at more than just an on ice game this off
0: season, like Jen was saying. So for you guys, and I'll ask this question to wrap this little segment here up on McDavid is McDavid the guy for a team or is complimentary guy.
2: No, I definitely, you can build a team around him. Like he's still young enough. He can be shaped. Yeah. I don't think you can say
1: he's a complimentary piece. He's the best. He's still the best player in the world. He's just not the best captain in the world.
2: He's getting there. (laughs) If you can, if you can
3: find the, if you can find the right guys that connect with McDavid, sure. You don't want to bring in a guy that's, you know, top six on a team Canada roster and, and, Make him the, the guy to lead the charge because then, what is that? What is that? How does McDavid feel? He's gonna want to think
2: should be have a level, level of leadership.
3: L- L- look look at 100%. Look in LA right now, you've got Anthony Davis, and you've got I know it's dry side on McDavid, you've got LeBron James, and they're all complementary players in the NBA and Major League Baseball. And just bring in the right guy, don't bring in a guy that's got a bigger ego than McDavid. Right, just bring in bring in some complimentary guys, even if it's veterans. Like I said, Bert, maybe Bergeron what, could find a way out of Boston and go help Edmonton. I don't know. Like, that's a. I'm not making a trade proposal. I've already got. It's
2: kind of the same thing with Toronto how we brought in Spezza and we brought in Lino yeah. you know, and we brought in Joe Thornton and, and a couple of years yeah. ago Marlowe. Like, do that. Like, do that. we do it. Toronto does it right. Edmonton, I mean. They've been kind of shit in the bed for years.
1: Okay, so these are the, like, I just pulled up free agents. This is who they could bring in easily. Second name I saw, Ryan Getzlaff. How much of a, what a great influence that would be if he wanted to come to Edmonton. Ryan Getzlaff helping out Connor McDavid. He's he's got a family
3: in Saskatchewan. He's he's a
1: captain. He's Canadian. Would sign a nice little, they've got cap space. They could sign him to a one-year, whatever he wanted. Just to be like, okay, this is how you be a captain. I think that, I've just fixed the Oilers. Let's move on.
3: <laughs> I don't know if you I and don't know, know if that, want.
0: that would be absolutely perfect, man. Hey. And I was one guy that said the leaf should go run at gut run oh, no. I so
3: Swing him in. I, Here's the second I topic. Want I want to, to ask you guys them. about.
0: I want to ask you guys about uh, TJ Oshi said he made friendship bracelets for Mr. Alex Ovechkin. Oh. And that is better than any contract that is going to be signed. So he's staying with the Washington Capitals. I want to ask this right here. Do you guys buy that Ovi is staying because of TJ Oshi and the friendship bracelet? Or is he staying because he's going to get a fat payday? And I'll say this. I think there is a very small chance that Alexander Ovechkin might like the fantasy option of getting to go play with someone that he's wanted to always play with. And I'm not saying it's Crosby. It could be anybody in the league that he fancies his suitor to go play with. And he has the option to do so. Does he stay or does he go? I think he wants to stay in Washington
2: and get another cup. Um, with Washington he wants to build more of a legacy there a lot of people talk about how you know he'll just end up going to the KHL he can do that later he can do that in his 40s that league they just go and go and go Ovechkin knows that the NHL is kind of like the holy grail of hockey in this world Um, and from from what I test, I think he might I see him staying in 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 Washington maybe for a couple years shorter contract who knows but for for like I mean friendship bracelets that's cute but Ovi's here, you know, just like he was scoring goals, focused on scoring goals in his early career. Um, not much of a team player until later in his career. He's going to be focused on what he can do. And I think, uh, you know, old habits die hard. So I see him staying in Washington.
0: Listen, I say the friendship bracelet thing is tongue in cheek. It just shows how close these guys are. So that to me really shows the close-knit little thing they got going on on that team. And I really thought they were going to go on a run this year for TJ Oshi after his dad passed away. I really thought that was something that was going to, you know, I don't know, and swallow that team or what are you going to call it and make him go on a run? What do you think, Josh? Where, where's Ovi going? Uh, going to Toronto? He's going to play with Matthews? What's up?
1: Yeah, he's going to sign in Toronto. League men will be on a line with Thornton and Spezza. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, no, he'll probably stay in uh, – he'll probably stay in Washington. I, where else is he going to go? I don't think any other team can really fit
2: him. Um <laughs> I mean, Oilers has got 25 yeah, million, million I mean, in cash We cash. just
1: talked about the Oilers had a great Let's we'll talk about a leader. Holy crap. Um, but but is no, he a
2: leader? Ovechkin isn't the kind of leader McDavid needs. Yeah, I don't think that's what know? they need.
1: I still like my Ryan Guslav idea, but <laughs> Ovechkin <laughs> will probably stay in Washington. I think it's going to come down to he's going to have to take a pay cut, but the sacrifice, he'll make the sacrifice on the paycheck. And the capitals will have to take the sacrifice on giving him longer term. So instead of three years at 10 mil, he's probably looking at five years at eight or nine. Um, you know, longer term. And plus, that longer term, I kind of hope he gets a five year deal because I want to see him go after this goal scoring record. Like, yeah, me too. Right? Like, don't give him three, give him, give him a freaking eight year deal. I don't care. Let's see it. Like, let him stay till he's 50, till he gets a wouldn't it be gross if we saw him in another jersey? Like, it, it just wouldn't look right. It'd be like seeing seeing Crosby in a different jersey. I just don't want to see that happen. Yeah. Unless, but we do have, we talk about cap space. There's one team that's got $85 million in cap space, and that's Seattle. So... Make
0: him a really rich man.
1: Yeah, they could. They could pay him $16 million for one year if they wanted to.
0: But... Jamie, be- what do you think, buddy? Uh, you're kind of quiet down there. Where's your
3: boy Ovi going? Uh, the only team I can think of if he goes, rips it up with Panernon in New York. But, oh, man, like, imagine Panernin and Ovi with a guy in the middle just to uh, solidify that that uh, forward position. But, man, he, he's got a Stanley Cup. It's just a matter of now how – I don't know how greedy he, he is. I don't know if he wants another Stanley Cup. He's got one already. but um,
2: He wants another one. Yeah.
3: OK so what's what's more, what's more you want to, obviously yeah. more important for him to win the Stanley Cup right and he, if the scoring um, if the scoring brace is important to him he's gonna try to play with guys that can set him up and, and get that what 892 he's what 100 and something goals away from Gordy uh, Howe so yeah um, it's it's hard to say but I think the only team that makes sense um is is the Rangers and you know you know how much money Dolan has but I don't know what the cap situation is in in it's New York
2: good. I'm looking at it it's not very good I
3: don't think okay. I can see
2: O V in a Rangers jersey I just can't, I
3: can't yeah him and him and him him and Panerna though would look uh Jesus that would be...
2: they still got enough pieces in 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 Washington and they can build off it I think I really think Ovia wants to stay there. It, it means it's, it, it's amazing to win a cup once with a team, but to win it more than once with the same team, it's like, you know, we were good and we're still good and we could be good again. And it's just, you know, for any of, any of you that have been in sports, it feels good to win with your team. repeatedly, oh, yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> so camaraderies <even laughs> and friendships, you know, I'm, I'm going to go off topic, but can we talk about the end of the, their series? The Boston and Washington series. Can I just run into that?
0: Yeah, yeah go ahead.
2: Um, the the thing that I loved watched watching Washington get taken eliminated, loved it. Um, but the thing that really irked me was like when Chara threw the lineup, the the handshake, and it was breaking my heart as he went through each player because you know he should have been on that team. He really should he gave us everything to that team and it's so painful to watch him go to another team that's eliminated by his his last team and I'll be honest with you I I like ugly cried for I couldn't even contain myself for like 20 minutes and I'm not even a Chara fan but I am a fan of you know camaraderie and 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 you know legacies and and just all that stuff so yeah
1: Thoughts? I was I was kind of on the opposite end of that because I thought I didn't think it was funny, but I was like, yeah, oh, that well, that that sucks, but you know, good for the Bruins. Like they they made, and I would have felt the same way. Like preferably, I would have preferred to see Chara winning that series. That would have been fantastic. Um, but the Bruins won. They were able to beat I guess Chara and Ovechkin and all those guys. But uh, I didn't feel too bad for him because he did have a great career in Boston, and Boston just was ready to move on
2: and he didn't want to go though and it's like yes. you get by like, you yeah, you know that's... how emotional this game is. It just sports, I just imagine it would be hard for him. You
1: and know, I that, that's sports. Um I don't really have too much to say on that. The only I the only thing I want to say about that series is I was disappointed by the way Washington played. Uh, I think they're done with Kuznetsov too. I don't know. Oh, yeah. hundred, hundred they should have, exa- have been done with them,
2: them a while
1: ago. But uh,
3: the whole, no, he... the whole year they had COVID and they went through how many goalies? Craig Anderson, Vanacek, um, Samsonov. They they went out and signed in December. They signed in November. They go out and get uh, Lundqvist. He ends up having a heart issue. He can't come back. I'm not making any excuses, but look at yeah, you you said Kuznetsov. He went. He had what COVID twice. Went through COVID protocol twice, and that whole situation is. Um, I don't know how bad it was. I don't know if it's compared to Vancouver's situation with the COVID, but they just had
0: like he broke protocol too many times. That was his, yeah. Name. And,
3: and Sam Samsonov not being with the team for a couple of weeks and having card parties and for and parties inside hotel rooms. And we I mean, also just, forgetting just the he, whole year, man. It was just shit for, for the capitals.
1: He's got how long ago was it that he was suspended for four years by uh the Russian team as well. I forget what that yeah. was, but that was he was still with the yeah. Capitals when that happened. So
0: That was uh, the year they won the Cup. Yeah. yeah. So it was still pretty real. You know, he was still with the team. But uh, I don't yeah. know. I think they've given up on him, to be honest with you. Yeah. They could have had him come back in the lineup, and they didn't. They're, they're done with him. I see that being the, the player they beg. They beg <laughs> the Kraken to take. Nah, they won't beg. touch
1: it. I see the Kraken are all about, like, the, the stuff the Kraken are doing is amazing. Like, with their... Uh, yeah, other diversity programs and all that. I can't see them wanting that type of player in their culture. No, well, no, he'll think.
3: go. To, he'll go to the. He'll go to the K. Yeah,
1: he'll go I to the think. K. Or him. some team that's you know he's going to look great in Buffalo next season. But
3: no. that's the only team. Be no, team. He'll, <laughs> he'll him. no. K- Kovachuk, Him and Kovachuk will play together in the K. And Kovacchuk just won a, a title there in the K. So put him in the middle with uh, Kovachuk and call it a, call it a day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's swing this conversation to the, uh, the logo. That seems to be very prominent around these parts. Uh, we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to say this to you guys. We have a team, all its first round picks from 2012 to 2016 are no longer with the team. We have another team that has one, two, three, four, five players still with the team from that span and a player from the other team that lost out on those four years. What teams am I talking about? Uh, It's got to be two KHL teams. (laughs) The Montreal Canadiens from 2012 to 2016, no longer have any of their draft picks. The Leafs have one of them in Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk. But the Leafs have their own homegrown talent in Nylander, Riley, Marner, and Matthews on the team. Jamie, I said this to you. And Jen, I think I said it to you too when, uh, we were talking about the Montreal Canadiens in the offseason. I said it was great they brought in Anderson and Tofoley and all these guys. But what is their core? What have they drafted and what have they built around? They don't have it. They don't have it. And that right there, that statistic shows you, hey, they don't have it. They don't have it. And here's the other one, too. Just to throw a little salt in Montreal fans' wounds. Because, Blaine, I know you're watching when you see this. Gal in one less game than the rest of your team and in one night has more points than all of the Montreal Canadiens. Ouch. That's a guy you gave up on. Hey, you could say the Leafs had the time to make him a reclamation project, but Montreal had the time to make him a good player, and they didn't. And it seems to be something that's happening a little bit too much for Montreal. Jonathan Drouin, nowhere near the team. It could be for whatever reason, but you need to not only develop your guys, but you need to support your guys the right way. Just putting that out there.
2: That was nice watching Galchenyuk score. (laughs) I was like, "Yeah, I love oh,
3: when man, that happens." That that sauce, oh my god, the sauce pass. I am not going to mention this on the air how I felt, uh, because it's a family show. But now I am like, "Oh my god," um, Nealander's got, oh, than... <laughs> got more goals than talk for a reason. got more goals than the whole Canadians, and you got one point from your back end. Foley, in eight shots has no goals. I know. Game one, Matthews had eight shots from no goals, but he's finally finally coming around. And to be honest, his game is totally different than Tivoli. 30 goals in the seat, 28 goals in, uh, in the regular season, has done nothing in the playoffs. And you're not making your once Fesna trophy winner look good. Uh, Petrie has been nowhere to be seen. Uh, Weber, you can tell he's still got an injury. Like he's got, he had a few shots, but like you look at that whole team, and they're relying on Caulfield to to, to uh, score and Saduki to score. It just look down the list, man. The whole playoffs for the Montreal Canadiens, like down three one. Um, I can't. Like maybe Eric Angles has a better view, even though he had Toronto in seven games. I don't see this team coming back. Um, down three to one, and um. You know, let's let's hope it doesn't go to seven games because we want to play the Jets sooner than later. We don't want to have to wait a full week, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. The next series will start. But um, it's it's disappointing. Like, it's just uh, I, I want this to be over Thursday night. Um, I, hope does, I hope it doesn't go past Saturday. It should have
0: been over last
3: night. Um, if it's over by Saturday, then we got a problem then then we gotta
0: talk about certain guys on the leafs uh, need a different hill remember when we used to talk about playoff block uh, you know it was a different mode different beast mode he went into i like Pierre balls game guys this kid has come back yeah. in the lineup after yep. being sat and all these different things and in the doghouse with sheldon keith he's looked damn good in the playoffs mm-hmm. i say you have a hard time taking this guy out of the lineup another guy that really is uh I think stepped up this playoffs and I've drug him all year long. Jamie, you know, Jen, you know, Josh, you know, Careful. I drug Alexander Kerfoot all year long. Yeah. I need to be better defensively. Need to show what he did in the playoffs need to be better in the faceoff dot. And now he goes on the second line. He's doing all of those things in spades. And he's mm-hmm. that line is looking amazing. Galchenyuk, Kerfoot and um, well, I get Nylander looking great. Willie's driving the line. Finally, Willie is driving the line but the other two guys are playing at the same tempo as him, which is great. And if I told you beginning the series that we'd have no John Tavares and no Nick Foligno, but we'd still be dominating the Montreal Canadiens up 3-1 in the series, you guys would look at me and say, no, 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 it's not going to happen because Montreal hits too much. Montreal's too heavy on us. Montreal's yeah. going to crush us to the wall and we're going to lose. Well, guys, guess what? Skill is winning out and our vets are scoring. Spets has got more points than half the Canadians. Joe Thornton, Jen – they had to Ooh. love that one, right? Getting that puck going in the net. Those are the things that the Leafs haven't been able to do. And Sportsnet had a best. They finally look like they got that killer instinct. They know not to let up. And they know to keep going and pushing and pressuring and doing all of those things that we've wanted forever. The only thing that I want to see is Mitch Marner shoot the damn puck. Please. He's, he's so
2: inconsistent sometimes. When he's on, he's unbelievable. And then... Mm. On, on the other hand, he can be so like boring and uninteresting
0: yeah. and uninspired. And it's like, bro, yeah. can well, I talk about leadership? Last night I wasn't impressed the first period when he was mad and he like rocketed the board uh, the puck towards the boards in the D zone back to Muzzin because he was pissed off. And then he did the same thing to Matthews because the two of them couldn't get their passing together. He just sent an absolute rocket over to Matthews, I See Matthews giving the dirt eyes, like what the fuck, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's not good, that's, that's, that's not good behavior, you, you, you could be frustrated, but you guys are winning, you know, at the same time, figure your game out, but those two plays there, I said to you guys in the group chat, I thought, what the hell is you he doing, that's a little bit of a, what are you doing, Mitchie? I want to,
3: I want to I say one thing, I, last night, I looked at the video twice, and at the beginning, I didn't think the Body slash was a slash, but it was a slash because he took away the scoring opportunity from the Canadiens player. That was the time with four minutes left in the first period. That's when Montreal had to score, going to the first period, intermission with the lead, something to build off of, but they couldn't get the power play going. Galchenyuk or Gallagher getting pissed off, slamming doors, and um, at the end of the day, just not giving uh, Price the help that he deserves. Like, he's st- and we won't even go into Spencer. hit a wide open net. I think James, you could have scored that goal. He he, he walked that was into the, the luckiest set. save in NHL history. And and Kelly Rudy broke it down, saying, "Wow, Spencer gave twice so much time to analyze the curve of his stick and to get the shot." He, he like Spencer, shoot the damn puck.
0: Oh, puck. Union buddy, that's the goal. Oh, the yeah,
3: so.
1: I Anyways, think Spetsa did the right thing. You never, a goalie's desperation is to put that paddle down on the ice. Price just dove across. Like he, it looked like he was in a penalty shootout in the World yeah. Cup soccer. He just fucking dove across the net praying for the best. I, I don't think Spetsa could have done anything different. Nope. 100%. Nope. Nine
2: times Her out of
3: ten. had a good night in game four, five, four, four? Three.
2: three. <laughs> no. Three was uh, that. Yeah, three
0: true. was that yeah, Spetsa scored last night.
3: Do, do, yeah. we San, do we see Sand? Do we see Sandine back in the in the for Thursday night? And we just maybe gave Sandine a break. Is that why we seen Dermot in uh, last game? Do we see no, Sandine back like, on Thursday?
0: I think they like Dermot's game where he's a little bit of an yeah. asshole and gets under people's skin. Yeah, uh, he plays a, <laughs> the Brendan Gallagher role on the back end. You don't see it enough, but he's definitely in those scrums and he's definitely giving guys the lumber or just the chirps and stuff like that. I think that's something Sandine doesn't have and he doesn't need to have it. But right now, they don't need to worry about the goal scoring. I think that's coming naturally right now to the Leafs. I think they want a little bit more sandpaper, especially when, you know, Montreal is going to be desperate. They're going to be throwing the body and trying to lay the lumber and, and do all those different things to get the Leafs off their game. You want a guy in there that can mix it up just as hard as they can. And yeah, Sandy can throw some body and stuff like that, but he's still young, still learning. And you don't want to, yeah, I don't know, you don't want to put him in those situations if you don't have to. You'll see him back in game one against the jets. And yes, I'm saying at the least they're going to win guys. Cause we know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's no game six, no, no fans. No, this, no fans. this series has been
1: everything I could have asked for. And also totally different than what I wanted. Um, I was expecting the Habs to actually show up. Like I think they've been uninspired, unoriginal. They've been predictable. They've been lazy They've been relying on their goaltending, which isn't going to happen against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who, yeah, Carey Price has played great. That's fantastic. You've still lost three in a row. You should have lost the first game, but unfortunately, John Tavares went down. Uh, It's in the Leafs. You know what? For all the superstars we have, you sit Matthews last night, you still win that game because it was your bottom six that was going. You sit him in game three, you probably still win that one too. Uh, game two, you probably needed him, but he, he's been good. I, I think he has a little bit more to give. I don't know when Mitch Marner is going to decide that he wants to show up and play hockey, but when he gets back, now the Leafs will be really rolling. When Felino and Tavares come back, who knows how this team's going to look like they're going to look phenomenal. The only thing I'm worried about is, you know, you get, past, let's say you get past the jets, which, you know, I'm sure they will. And then you start getting into the, playing these big American teams. We'll, we'll see how that goes, but Right now, we're staying within the North
0: Division, um, and I'm feeling pretty good about this team. One thing about the Maple Leafs, and I said this last night on Clark's live feed because we were having a fun time with that. The Leafs have learned to play in closer games, Mm -hmm. and they've learned to slow the game down to whatever pace they want to play. And here's the thing about the Montreal Canadiens in this series. They're not playing to win, it doesn't look like. To talk about what you're talking about, Josh, it looks like they're playing not to lose. Like, they're not trying to go out there and be aggressive and win. It looks like they're just trying to make sure the Leafs don't get the chances. And to talk about Matthews, here's the good thing about having a guy like Matthews and Marner and Hyman on that line. You draw the best defense off the Montreal Canadiens, frees up your second line, which looks like rope. And then your bottom six, our bottom six is probably better than most bottom sixes in the league with just the name value that's on there and guys that can still do things. So, yeah, I love the fact that Matthews is was
1: line last I was like, damn. Thornton yep. Brooks and Spetsa, like that's a pretty good line. When know.
2: Jumbo scored, I went outside my house and I ran like three blocks around the block like three times. Yeah.
3: And then the cops. I was to- so happy. And then the cops <laughs> told you to go back in your house. No, that excuse, I missed. That. Excuse me, ma'am. Go back in your house, please. They got a curfew. Hey, that's just how it is in Ontario right now. You can't even go out in your back deck for it smoke.
0: What did you guys? <laughs> uh, do you guys remember a certain somebody that said if you add a little bit of youth to the? Uh- the lineup and maybe sprinkle one of those vets throughout the lineup, things might happen. I'm just remembering somebody saying that. I don't know. I think his name was James, Uh, maybe. uh, Uh, Yeah, Clark Clark Monroe. Maybe Clark Monroe or uh, something. Oh, yeah. Shut up, Jamie. (laughs) I'm just saying, you look at these things and it's fun to finally have depth on the Toronto Maple Leafs that can actually go out and do things. A bottom six that you can rely on, not just for putting the puck in the net, but for face-off, for physical play. Things that we haven't seen. And you look at the Montreal Canadiens and, hey, I'm not going to sit here and bash them all day long. They're losing. They're going to be out, have suck, all that stuff, whatever. But they do have good young pieces that are coming. And this team will be a problem probably in the next one to two years. But they need to step it up like the Leafs did a couple of years ago and develop and grow their guys. You know, we just made that little statistic about first-round picks and players that weren't growing within the organization. Now they need to start taking those steps and bringing guys along. And I think they will. And I think it will be a good thing for Habs fans. But, you know, right now you're going to lose to the Leafs and you're going to goddamn well hear about it because I don't care if you won all the Cups in the world. I don't care if you're the last team that won the Cups. It's what have you done lately? And lately you've lost to the Leafs in the regular season and now you lose to the Leafs in the playoffs. And that to me is worth more than anything because Habs fans can absolutely shut it.
1: I cannot stand right now. I and mean, I know this has nothing to do with hockey, but on Twitter Habs fans are driving me insane there's a couple of good ones but majority of them it's like well you know once you leave the north division Like, shut up watch the game and
3: i'm and blaming the rest too right like you know blame blame even said themselves. i mean we've all done like, it i'm gonna call
2: us all out we've all done it we've all said chirp the other team that's beating us we've all complained about the offici- uh, officiating I'm not I'm I'm not I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and say I've I've seen maybe one or two of you complain about the officiating. So you know if if we're gonna throw some heat at the at the HABs for that, we gotta take some ownership too. Well we're allowed to we're winning the series.
0: I have have all the time in the world for the fact that we got screwed by the refs and they get screwed by the refs. I can see it from both sides of the the coin. And I said it earlier, you know, this this playoff hockey is completely different. There's so many things that are let go and should be called and we scream for both sides and there's things that happen to the Leafs I see Leafs fans say that shouldn't be a penalty well no it definitely should be but at the same time I look at what Josh is saying and I see a lot of I don't know what you want to call them comments they're, they walk the line of like they're are petty you, they're petty it's petty, well, they're sorry, they're petty. Is it, are you even watching what's going idiotic. on idiotic
1: is the word you're looking for but, but listen I was trying to
0: be nice I'm not I don't care there's a, I'm putting, there's a few of them that hang around the show and they're actually pretty good guys. Like the fellows over yeah, at Habs no, and
1: Filter and stuff like that. The Half Unfiltered guys, I've been DMing them back and forth. They're really nice. I love talking to them. We've been going back and forth for fun and like they always mesh to me after like, hey man, like we you know we're just having fun, right? I'm like, fuck yeah, like go ahead. I don't care. Yeah. That's that's I play hockey. I know you're constantly yelling at the other team and it doesn't actually mean anything once the final whistle goes. Oh no,
0: there's there's some half fan on there, man, that Take everything you say to heart. No, oh, you, can't all. you just screw off. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the game. At the end of the day, they're going to shake hands. Montreal's going to go golfing. Toronto's going to move on. It's going to be great. And, you know, and Toronto's going to hold that over Montreal fans' heads for a long time. That's what I just said earlier. There's no problem. I like that. But I want to get back to the series right quick. In game number five, for the Leafs to close this out, to close this out, what do they need to do? What do they need to play? Because, you know, Montreal is going to come desperate. They're going to play Cole Caulfield 27 minutes because it's the only guy apparently on their team that can score goals. He's their savior. He's a young fella. What do you guys do if you're the Maple Leafs to win that game and close it out, but stay healthy? You got to shut down Cole. How do you
2: say his name? Colefield? Caulfield?
0: Cole, Cole, Cole Caulfield.
2: Caulfield. That guy. Cole Caulfield. Shut him down. Don't give him any space um be heavily offensive and you know maybe up the physicality a bit be a little more intimidating without having to throw so many bodies so you don't get hurt but you know just take ownership like control the ice we're at home right for this game yeah Yeah, it's ours. it's it's ours
1: I don't think Caulfield plays is where we haven't they didn't play them in game one and two because they didn't have the uh they didn't have the home ice advantage they didn't want to play them where Toronto could control the matchup I don't know why like it seems that's a, ridiculous. It, it seems weird. Mm. You know what we haven't talked about? <laughs> that goal challenge.
3: Oh, oh man, that's, oh, yeah. all, what was that? that's all over TikTok, man. That's even price job. was like oh
0: man. Omar, by the way, with the uh, the picture of Burger pointing at the screen and it was Matthews. Where do I get one of those? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Yeah. But no, anyway. I don't even know what he was going on. Even even Thornton didn't even realize that he had done anything or remotely done anything. And you know, Carey Price didn't even have a reaction. So
1: the refs, The best tweet of the night was "What's taking so long?" And everyone was like, "Well, the refs are trying to decide what they're challenging for." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, for the for the Leafs to win this series, <laughs> they just got to keep doing what they're doing. If you score more than three goals, you're probably set because Montreal's shown that they can't even score three goals in a series. But well, mm. I mean, well, or well, they've scored four, whatever. But well, uh, you know, it. it it's probably wrapped up unless Montreal shows up and plays another perfect game. Like they did in game one, um, you know, play like you did in game four, you'll be fine.
3: Jamie. I got one thing to say, but I'll say it after my comments. All right, let's start the timer. (laughs) So uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, when they have a power play or they have an opportunity to score a goal, score a goal, right? That's, you know, if you're on the power play, the objective is to score a goal. They haven't been shooting the puck or they have wh- whatever's going on is not happening for them. So by saying that, they have no chance in hell from how they've been playing in the next last couple games to even win this series. They have no business winning this series. Okay, so that's that's my thought on Montreal and Toronto, but I, I want to mention one one tweet. So Mark with came out and said, this, this very well could be an awful take on my part, but I just so feel, I there. just, <laughs> yeah. I just feel like this Leafs Hab series is missing some emotion or something. It kind of feels like I'm watching a regular season game.
2: I was saying that I've been saying that. And I said that yeah. again last night, like the Leafs kind of let up, but I mean, we're ahead for four, nothing, three,
3: nothing. So at that point. We can't, yes, we're up three, one in the series. We we've got to keep continue to com, continue to play as we did in game one, game two. Get, we we've just got to keep it going, and it's a, it's really good to see that Curefort galley and Nylander line going. Um, and as, you know the, the only other thing on Twitter besides that Mark Thought comment is, you know, how come they didn't put Anderson in last night? You know, these are Leaf fans that wear the jerseys, but do they actually know? The concept of hockey like do they know what maybe Keith is thinking or Dubis is thinking like yeah it's great you wear the Leafs jersey and you're on Twitter some, pe- like, some
2: fans are just fans just, of their team cities or their
3: cities teams right Okay, There's that's something I wasn't of clear of about fans. because <laughs> like putting Anderson in last night had n- made no sense whatsoever like why put Anderson in when you got a guy that's been been on a heater since since, since April right probably what 14 or 15 and something. Why, they, why put it,
1: they tricked why, me, though.
3: They tricked me because um, the, I think it was... Yeah, game. screw you, Josh. It,
1: yeah. Was that <laughs> the, the right reason? Video. Well, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah like so, uh, well, no, because Campbell was warming up in the opposite net.
3: So, oh, yeah.
1: So if you're, your starter usually warms up in the visitor's net if you're on the road, and Campbell was warming up in the, uh, in the home net. So when... Uh, oh. I, who, I think it was Alter tweeted it out. He was like, and then he did uh, Campbell warming up dot 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 in the home net question mark. And I'm like, oh, shit, guess Ando's going. I jumped the gun.
3: Yeah, that's it okay. Uh, no you won't, get, he won't get much shit on Twitter than I, than I did beginning of the year or during the, the trade deadline where I thought Nylander for Bennett straight up was uh, was a, was a good... Sh- Hey, oh, we awkward. could, we could, we could be using Sam Bennett right now. It's a good job. I'd I didn't would have
2: been one of the hardest working players. I've been watching. I mean, I missed Game One, of course. The Pens were playing at the same time. I think I missed another game, but I watched half yeah. of it. Um, watching William right now, Nylander, is like it's just <laughs> oh yeah, it's he's just the best. He's he works hard. He hustles. He's just he's doing everything, and I'm so excited to watch continue watching him. Did you really tweet that?
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, I would have blocked you right away. It's, a it's probably
2: his biggest tweet. Like so many, it's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it did
3: not. It did not make me TikTok famous. I'll just tell you that.
2: <laughs> uh, that's okay. I tweeted once that Connor McDavid. I heard a rumor Connor McDavid's getting traded, and did I not get ripped apart by Oilers Twitter? Like, yeah. I mean, I had like 250 comments. Oh, uh,
3: so yeah, and I, I th- fought on Twitter. You know, I, I tagged Team RP too. We had Clark on the show. And to make things worse, Jamie tagged the RP show, and the whole uh, that just became a shit show. But um, my <laughs> last my last thought for everyone listening, and for you fine folks that are joining us today, um, you guys, everyone tuning in, you've got to tune into the Mighty Duck series, man. That's just uh, I'm uh, I'm a fan. It's it's a great little show, and it's 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 too bad they didn't bring a lot of the um, Old cast in like uh, they, the they guy that
1: one, they did that one episode. Yeah,
3: Charlie. They never brought Charlie back. I guess he's just too big, too too big now after Dawson's Creek to say, oh, I don't want to go back on a on a Mighty Duck show. I've done Dawson's Creek. I'm oh, too yeah, big for Dis- that. Disney, yeah, a like small company. oh yeah, like oh, I'm too big for Disney Mighty Duck I don't even on... know where has he done anything since the skull. Yeah, he, was, he was he was he's Matt. He was big on Dawson's Creek. I don't, I don't know why I should. Why I should know that, but anyways, that's maybe re- revealing my secrets. Of why I know he was on Dawson's Creek, but yeah, it's a. Anyways, Mighty Ducks is a good show. Um, you know,
2: has Adam for, Banks made an appearance?
3: Yeah, yeah, Adam Banks is in it. Uh, Averman's in it. A- Averman's the. Uh, Averman, Averman is the. He is the uh, the limousine driver. Nice. So he's driving. He's driving around in limousine now. So yeah, anyways. Um, I'm gonna stop talking, but everyone listening uh, to this later, tune into that Mighty Ducks uh, thing there on Disney Plus. So,
1: and tune in next week to hear Jamie's review of Dawson's Creek. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, yes, let's
1: do it. Too much, let's do a too, much
3: ho- right, too much hockey on the go, man. Jesus uh, Christ, you, you can't even like you, you turn around and I'm watching Nashville because there's the no show, such Max thing as Ridge. too much hockey, Jamie. I just feel bad because the Nashville lost because uh, Max Fritz, good friend of the show, loves his Predators. So if he's tuning in, I'm sorry, man, but uh, um,
0: that was a great OT goal last night yeah. by Carolina.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> one last thing, I want to get you guys before we wrap for today. Obviously, we'll uh, come back at you later in the week. Um, you know, obviously the holidays and games. We want to make sure we get in the most info we can. But there's one thing that's really uh, kind of under my skin. I saw it uh, early this morning. It's the whole Ethan Bear situation with the Edmonton Oilers. I just want to say this. If you're going to go out of your way to be an idiot, a racist, a piece of crap, whatever you want to call yourself, if you want to go that far and start name-calling guys and being just that shitty of a human being, don't come around this podcast. Don't come around hockey. We don't want you. I don't want you here. You can fire whatever you want at me. You go right ahead. I will tell you. I will find out where you live if I have to, and I will mail you a handwritten letter <laughs> saying exactly how I feel because I'm not going to promote the violent part about it. I how that was how awesome. little? How stupid do you have to be to go out? There's still player. too much hate in this world, and oh.
2: it's, it's disgusting. And my I hope world, Ethan. I hope Ethan like get past it and rally around his teammates and stuff. It, there's no place for that in this world. There's no place for it in hockey. No. It's disgusting, and I, I I second everything you just said, James.
1: That's the thing. At the end of the day, right? Like you know, I get people a hard time on uh, on Twitter or wherever, and you're going after it. But if, if we're in a conversation and you attack like someone's race or someone's ethnicity or their cultural beliefs, or the way they or look, even the way they look, the where they're from, um, then you know it's just going to be a mute conversation or whatever. Because you, you know you don't have time for that. Don't do it. It's a waste. You know, it's a waste of energy. Like, let's build each other up here. Let's not tear each other yes. down. At the end of the day, if you, you know, if you're having an argument with somebody, if I'm having an argument with James on Twitter, at the end of the day, it's a DM at the end saying, "Hey, good chat." Like, what?
0: Like, just there's enough hate in this world. Let's just
1: all get along. Seriously,
0: be better. That's all you got to be. I said it in one of the videos for the John Tavares thing. Same ship flying around. Be better. That's all you need to be. You don't need to be spectacular. Just be better. And this, guys, this is offside hockey talk where hockey comes to talk and takes notes.